Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with Comic Ellie Gordon. Ellie Gordon, how the hell are you? Hi, I am okay i am oh, good. sitting in my apartment as i have for the last four months or so <laughs> as i assume you are as well oh yeah well yeah a, we work now in a little phone booth but i'm hoping that your uh you've made your apartment just a just a wonderful place to to exist for four months a little it's sort of also <laughs> become a voiceover booth as i found that you have as well so it's like kind of my home kind of my office Good. So you just remain productive, and I follow your online comedy here at uh, Twitter. You're a Miss Alice Nutting, which just correct. I mean, it just makes so much sense. I, I know exactly who Alice Nutting <laughs> I know. is. I know. We talked about this, not to shatter the fourth wall, but uh-huh. as we were preparing for this call, Brian was like, what is that a reference to? And I was like, oh my god, it's a reference to the mu- a musical called The Mystery of Andrew, but it's also like a sub-reference within the reference, and if I could go back in time and like slap myself when I made all of my social handles, Miss Alice Nutting, as like an enthusiastic musical theater student in school, um, I would. I would go back yeah, in time and tell it, her not to do that. It really is such a kind of a coincidental, interesting story that I could see somebody being so into it at the time that you just made that your social. But the fu- one, another funny thing is you said Allie Gordon is taken by you, AllieGordon.com, although I prefer to go to uh, What Does Allie Gordon Do, which is a suite. It's got all your comedy on there. But it's <laughs> I looked I looked you up on Instagram thinking it'd be Allie Gordon, and there's this thirst trap male model guy, and it yes. sounds like he reached out to you because he wanted his domain, and you were like, fuck no, bro. I know. Well, so I've painted him as a villain in my retelling of these (laughs) stories. He's not. He very politely was like, if you're not using it, like I'm building a brand. And I was like, okay, well, I'm building a brand. So I said no. I said no a couple of times. But he offered me money for it. So he's not like a he's not like a total jerk. And and you're like, let's see. Yeah, let's see how robust your brand is. How much are you offering me, Allie Gordon? Truly. I just kind of was like, well, I am also building a brand. Like, you know, I'm I'm. Uh, a, a, a weird little gremlin woman doing comedy. Like, you know, I have to have my own thing. And you're like, my comedy will age better than your looks. I, you know, who knows? Because <laughs> he does seem to have good genes, so I yeah, might be wrong yeah. on that one. Yeah, he could do lifelong fitness for everybody. It's just so, I'm so glad that there's there's only one Allie Gordon, there's only one fitness influencer in, in town, right? Like, there's not a million right. of them out there. No. And it would be really weird if I decided to just like take a real turn on my life and also become like a fitness influencer. Uh, He's got a very lovely accent. He seems like a nice man. Maybe we'll meet someday. Uh, I love it. You just totally go into fitness influencing and you really fuck up his brand now. It's like, dude, I didn't care about fitness influencing, but then you reached out to me about exactly. my domain and I was like, dude, I might do that too. Let's now totally I'm going to get jacked. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's confuse the fuck out of people. And then one thing is you have the second second best D&D, and I guess it's a big old Dungeons & Dragons, and I think it's comedy improv yes, Dungeons & Dragons, too. So. Like, you guys, uh, somebody sets the kind of the role or whatever, and then comedy improv people are, are playing D&D for everybody to learn. Are you on Twitch or what? Uh, we are strictly a podcast. Okay. Um, we have done a couple streaming things, especially now that we've been in quarantine. Like, we did this, like, phenomenal live show last year in New York City 
And that was so fun. And we wanted to do more of those. And obviously with the current situation, I have no idea when we'll have like 120 people in a room again. Um, So we started doing some like live stuff and some, some Twitch streaming and things like that. But truly, if you want to hear this podcast, it is a podcast. It's audio only. Um, So uh, when you play D and D, you can do little one shots. You can do games that last three weeks. You can do a game that lasts three hours, or you can do games that last three years, which is what we are playing currently. <gasps> so yeah, we've been doing it for a really long time. We've only been releasing episodes for about two years, but we had like started with a huge backlog because we wanted to make sure we were like excited about the story we were telling and it had like meat on the bone. Um, so we had like a backlog of almost almost nine months or something like that of material before we started releasing episodes. Um, but yeah, that's the part that's so exciting is that like, we've been playing it for such a long time. And by the nature of D and D, you roll this character, you inhabit this character and unless the character dies or you get sick of them and you ask for them sort of to be like written out of the game, you keep playing the character. And so I've been doing improv for a very long time and I have never, ever, ever played a character for three years. Yeah. It's cool. It's kind of like the sitcom of podcasting. But yeah, I guess I guess my question is is a little twofold. Like, for somebody who like you know a normal per- you know, <laughs> I almost said normal person. I mean, <laughs> somebody who has who has uh, studiously avoided D and D. You know, if I'm firing up second best D and D podcast, which of course I will. Like, what am I going to hear, and will it matter that I did not hear the first two years of the three year game? Um. So what you are going to hear is a D and D campaign played by very good friends who are all in some way or another professional comedians. So yeah. when I, when we're trying to like sell this podcast or we're trying to like talk it up, what we say is that we hope to be the funniest D&D podcast you'll ever hear. Maybe just like a really very funny podcast on its own merits, whether or not you are interested in D&D at all. Uh-huh. D&D is just the mechanic for which the story is told. Uh-huh. It is an improvised story where when we come to decisions, we have the mechanics of D&D to help us make those decisions, as opposed to just being like, well, we decide we're going to do that. That is just what D&D is at all. So um, meaning like instead of fielding like, you know, words from the audience, you have the rules of D&D to kind of guide you. Yeah. And so like um, there's one person who is like they call it either like the dungeon master or the game master. They're the only person who kind of knows where the story is going because they're the ones who are responsible for the details of the campaign. Yeah. And that's it. So they might come to you and say like, hey, you're sitting in this bar and a person runs up to you and is like, oh, I, I've heard about you brave heroes. My town is being ravaged by demons. Okay. And that's kind of it. Like you either get to be like, <laughs> um, okay, we'll go help you. I really want, you know, like I'm a person who's like a, a big ego. So I, I'm going to go help them just because I want the recognition. Somebody yeah. else might be like, I'm not going to help you unless you give me a hundred gold. Someone okay. else might be like, I want to help you, but I'm a pacifist and I don't want to kill the demons. I want to see if I can like drive them out of town. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, because it's a yes and you wouldn't be like, no, I'm just going to sit here and drink leave. Yes. And because like, that, I, that would mean that the rest of your episode is set in a bar, which would not be interesting at all. You have to be like, yeah, I'll go there. But because I, you know, I'm friends with demons, I'm actually going to join their side or something. Exactly. And so, yeah. like, um, I have heard from people who've been playing D&D for a long time that, like, because people who don't have improv backgrounds, do say no sometimes. We'll be like, well, my character's kind of a jerk, so my character says no. And it's like, yeah. well, your character's going to have to say yes and be a jerk, so find a way yeah. to justify. But that's yeah. obviously, luckily, not been a major issue in terms of our playing, just because like we're very good at saying yes to each other, and we're very good at like giving people a moment to shine and understanding that like if their character does something, it's not necessarily because they as a human are trying to like 
thwart our plan or disagree with us. Like we're just have been more improvising with each other for a very long time. So it's easy to like delineate between those two things. And um, I know nobody knows the rules going in except the dungeon master. And does the dungeon master is like that person so knowledgeable about improv that they set a scenario that's going to be, um, you know, plentiful for storylines and conflict and things. Exactly. And like, we all do need to know the rules to some degree, simply because okay. there are like things like skill checks. Like, I want to jump over this bridge. And it's like, well, the bridge is eight feet wide. Well, I think my character <laughs> do, right? And so it's like you roll dice and things like that to see if you can do it. Uh, ditto to like um, combat situations. Like you are like, I have this sword and there's like stats for the sword. It's really like a video game on paper, um, mm. which is weird for me to say because I don't enjoy video games, but I very much enjoy D&D. &D. Um, yeah. But I also enjoy D&D &D because it's like, there is the fantasy aspect. And I don't even mean that in terms of like strictly just like, I've got magic. Literally the character that I've been playing on this podcast um, for a bazillion years his name is Bug. He's 6'4". He's a paladin. He was an ex-soldier. He's like the tank of the party. And so like for me, that is kind of the fantasy too, is that like I'm really strong and I'm really physically imposing. And like the way the world treats me and the way that I behave in the world is like so different than the experience that I will ever feel. Even if I do get jacked and come for Ali Gordon's gig, like <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? I will never be like, I walk into a room and the atmosphere of the room changes because I'm like so big and strong. Do you know and what I mean? Did, did, and did you pick it because that's, you, you kind of wanted to experience life a different way or I mean, and how are, you know, does everybody pick their own or like yeah. on the first episode, how the hell did those things get revealed? Like, so even if you knew going in, you just kind of slowly revealed through the scenario that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, of course I can jump that that high because I'm six four. I don't have to jump high at all. Exactly. Okay. So, like, I, I think I'm going to sell you on D and D, Brian. Yeah, so, I love it already. Yeah, because before... because of these role, role playing games, I don't want to stop a scenario and sit there and read. But if yeah. like hilarious people were were you know instantly being like, all right, let's go fight some demons, and like you guys were all hilarious, I'd love listening to it. And, and that's why I think you might enjoy it, but also I think you might really like playing it. Is because <laughs> um, people tend to have like a session zero which is like before the story starts, we all sit down and roll characters and talk about like the composition of the party. Um, being like, just like if you were playing like an RPG game, you might wanna have like the, the healer and you also might wanna have somebody who's a really strong magic user and so on and so forth. And then you also just wanna like be on the same page in terms of um, tone, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you, uh, I, I, by far and away, the most popular D&D &D, uh, franchise is uh, it's something called Critical Role, okay. and it's very serious. Uh, so no offense to them if they're listening to this, which they obviously aren't. But is I that a, is it a, is it a podcast though? It is a Critical live role? stream. You can watch it. Okay. Right. I think they make it as a podcast too. I, I got to be honest, I don't really know because I like cannot engage with it. <sighs> like I, I, I it, it feels so stupid to me, which is crazy. <laughs> I know I, I know I do the same thing, but they're like. You thrust your sword into that, and I'm like la la la, la and I hate it. I don't so know. So are, are they dramatic voiceover artists who are the yes. people who are yes. on that podcast? Okay, exactly. And okay. they have like no shade. They have like amazing chemistry, and they're great at storytelling, and like they they hit all the beats. And clearly, it is a really engaging story because people absolutely flip for it. <sighs> so it's like again, like I understand this is personal taste and not uh, act like legitimate criticism, but it just like is not for me. 
But like I'm trying to, or we're trying to tell a story on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, which is like very goofy, very lighthearted. Our primary instinct is to make people laugh and to like engage with the unconventional way to solve problems or to discuss a situation or to treat the NPCs we come across. And it's like, there have been very serious story moments. And there have been moments where I've been like genuinely afraid for our characters' lives or like, where are we going to go in political intrigue? But it's because we have given into the comedy so much when those moments of seriousness pop up, the contrast is so great yeah. that we're like afforded those moments as opposed to like seeking out those moments. I've never, ever been like, I can't wait till we get to the dramatic moment because I like, I've got like this real good speech plan. <laughs> I got the tears. I got the tears at the right. Exactly. Uh, but but um, like, were you guys D&D fans going in? Because I, I would think like, okay, if you guys are an improv team that's kicking ass and, well, you know, just anticipated the quarantine was coming and knew you needed kind of online product so that your brands could, your Allie Gordon brand could, could <laughs> spread to the British island and then take away that fitness right. influencer. Like, you know, you guys could have started anything that could have set, you know, just anything. You, you could add callers, right. suggesting words, et cetera. Like, why did you guys decide on a D&D podcast? Were you guys all interested? did or do no, you just know that everybody out there you know there's so many dnd fans that you can make them all laugh it uh i would say so our our dungeon master whose name is stephen buckley has been playing dnd since he was a kid and has uh, gone through like three or four different kinds of dnd like they they update rules and things like that so he was our uh, like resident expert Yes. Um, I was familiar with D&D. I'd never really played it, but I had listened to a podcast that I really loved, uh, which is called The Adventure Zone, which was like, funny. And I had no idea D&D could be funny at all. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is like, right. This is just improv. It's improv <sighs> with rules. And I have, yes. to, I have to be honest, I love rules. So I was like, I love this. And you um, love the, the fantasy, too, of being the 6-4 bug. I, 100%. That's yeah. like part of why when we sat down for that session zero, and there was like, you can be anything. I was like, anything? And you're like, let me do this player handbook. And, you know, ideas are kind of coming to you because you're reading about like the backgrounds and like the, it's like, are you, do you want to be a ranger? Do you want to have like archery weapons? And you're like, oh, that's cool. That kind of inspires me. And the more I was like reading about the kinds of characters you could be, and I knew I didn't want to play myself or anything close to myself. Like, uh, that is why I got into improv in the first place. Um, <laughs> Truly, like I went to As an um, escape or something. Yes, I went to like, musical theater school. I, I love musical theater. Sometimes when I say like I've kind of given it up, people think that it's because I had like a dramatic falling out with it. I still <laughs> still adore it and think it is like an important an important like invention of the like modern world. Um, but you really only kind of play things that are conceivably you, which. Um, is fine but I like loved that the minute I started taking improv class if I walked into a scene and I was like I'm a dog everyone was like yes you are or even vice versa if I walked into a scene and it was like like I'm the school jock and I'm like the head of the like the football team people are like yes you are and there's no question there's no question on the team's part there's no question on the audience's part like if I say it it is true and I, that's like so wonderful and intoxicating frankly and so like I knew that I liked that and I wanted that to be part of my D&D experience as well. And so it's like, yes, I could have played like a female halfling rogue. Halflings are basically like hobbits. Like, that's what I would be if I like got into, if like I woke up uh, in the world of D&D. Like I'd be like a little lady. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. I'd like to like, if I'm going to live in this character, I'd like to see what it's like to like completely and totally live as something else. 
and because it's voiceover and like you won't get typecast like that but i suppose like even on stage i mean so you like you in what scenario would you come and say i'm a dog like it's not usually presented like <laughs> it's not usually presented like that right you don't say i no. love this you just start acting like a dog you right? just kind of act and like it you and, just and hear all the like, word choices and you're like i really think i could do some funny stuff with it you know as being a dog and so you come on and you come on all fours and you start barking and people know you're yeah. a dog or even like you know because improv can be anything I remember we had like a Herald once where I played um, like a rescue dog that lives like in like a fire tower, like an Appalachian <sighs> Mountains rescue dog. I do not remember the rest of the premise, but like I talked, but whatever. Do you know what I mean? It was still like dog behavior, dog brain. So it's like, you know, if the rules of improv are like you have to try and focus the world's lens through the eyes of this one character, it's like, what's a dog's victory? What's their greatest fears? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and so like, you're saying there, there was this, there was this, there was this guide in the D and D thing that kind of guided you through the series of choices you should be making. Yes. Like you're like, okay, what's the profession? What's my backstory? Like they kind of, and so that helped you be like, okay, not only do I have to decide how tall I am and what what you know, you know what my talent is, but you have to kind of decide what your weaknesses are too. Exactly, and also like the um, the backgrounds come with certain like bonuses, like so. Uh, Again, it's all stuff that I chose because this character was sort of forming in my mind, but one of the backgrounds is soldier. So it's, it could be somebody who is currently one or was one. And so this, the idea that came to me was this person who had like defected and had run away because he was not happy with the life he was living. Um, but I still get all these bonuses from having the soldier background. For example, you're really good at intimidation, which I thought again was like very fun because it's like <sighs> literally built into the character of being like, I'm good at it because I did this for a very long time. Um, and the character that I'm playing, if you listen, is like a total sweetheart and like really wants to be as nonviolent as possible. And so the interesting thing is he is naturally um, imposing and therefore intimidating. And so like if I ever roll to intimidate someone, I think I have like plus seven to any role that I do. <laughs> I but, the, but then everybody else, uh, everybody else in your improv troupe has to know that, but also the person at home has to know that. Like, so, so how, how are we supposed to know? Like you're such a sweet person and we get to know you as the six foot four, just gentle giant or whatever. Like how am I the, the listener supposed to know that you have the plus seven intimidation because you come up to an intimidation scenario and I hear yes, the dice exactly. get rolled and it says plus seven? Yep, basically. Okay. So, and so like, like these things we're where, acting it out too. It's like, it's not just like, I do this. Okay, you yeah. do it. I mean, I mean, you can do it that way, but that's not very fun to listen to. But like if we act it out and a guard is like, well, you're not going past here. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try. Usually what I do in these situations is I'll be like, I'm going to try and talk nice to him. But what ends up happening is because of my size and my stature and my background, I come across as very intimidating. Okay. So even if the words that I say are like, it would just make us really happy if you'd let us get through. If I roll the dice and I roll a 10 and I have a plus seven, I suddenly rolled a 17 out of a possible 20. Yeah. So I succeed and I really intimidate this guy. And I don't even have to like go against my character's instincts and be like, well, I'll be mean to him. I'm not really yeah. mean. But even if I just say like, oh, it'd be... We'd really like that, and I wouldn't want to make any trouble for you if I say yeah, I wouldn't want to make any subtext. trouble for you. There's a subtext, exactly. yeah. Oh, I love that. And so, I mean, like in our mind's eye, though, Ellie Gordon is six foot four, and she's this she's this giant. And so, I, you know, by then I will have seen in my mind's eye you talking to a guard and towering over him. Exactly, and it's just like part of good storytelling, and it's part of the yes and that like the other people who I improvise with know who my character is too. In the same way that like if you watched a sitcom for three years, you know yeah. like. Um, I don't write 
sitcoms. Not that I don't think I couldn't, but like that's not necessarily like a part of my life. But I remember reading um, some advice once about like how to know that you are like writing characters that have lasting potential. And it really has to do with like the lens with through they which with they see the world. Yeah. And it's like you can get laughs before you even see a character's reaction because you know the character so well, you know how they're going to be reacting, right? Uh-huh. So it's like, I think the example they gave was something from Friends, I don't know, something like that, where it's like, if we cut to something and we see the, like, washing machine, like, it's going crazy, it's, like, bubbling over, we're laughing before we even cut back to the character because we know that she's going to be, we know how she's going to react already. And so when she yeah. reacts like that, it's just, like, a validation of our of our knowing of the character. <sighs> And like, like, and I they, like, hey, go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! I, I love. I, I was thinking of so many friend scenarios, like when the dollhouse caught on fire, and and Ross Ross was putting it out with a glass of water. That was just so funny to see his reaction to the fact that a glass of water couldn't put out a burning dollhouse. Right. But but I, yeah, I love that so much. And it's like, you know, there's a couple. I had Dash Kwiatkowski on, and, and they have a they they call their podcast like the fourth best. D&D podcast and he he said he had on there sorry they said they had on there the the villain on RoboCop and so I don't know that they're necessarily a comedic podcast and so you know how does you know how do does Allie Gordon ensure that the second best D&D podcast becomes the first best and you know were you just being funny and naming it the second best or are there other comedy D&D podcasts out there that are doing the same thing uh, obviously less less good good you know less well than you are totally so the um the like premise log line of this podcast which we knew from the beginning was that our characters are like the second string tier of heroes that like they get counted on which is kind of where the name came from so it's like there is this team in the fantasy world of malarian which is where we live there is this team called the finest which is like in the world of this world like basically like calling the avengers it's like the best of the best adventurers the highest level blah 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 (laughs) and our team is like the cleanup crew we're like the second string where like if they leave a big mess in a town we have to go figure it out or if there's a big enough problem and the avengers are dealing with it over there (laughs) we'll go deal with the smaller problem ah that's so So funny yeah the world the world's gonna explode so the finest is is going to help that and you guys are just you know warding away a couple demons who who like to eat chocolate eat chocolate or something okay that's fucking hilarious and then like is any of this stuff making its way into your non-podcast comedy like like if you know you on on Miss Alice Nutting here on Instagram? Are you doing sketch videos that at all kind of touch on, I don't know, you know, fantastic characters or you trying to play a role that's not Allie Gordon, like um, a big six foot four person, like <laughs> or your comedy writing, like yeah, what what's a non Dungeons and Dragons comedy product from Allie Gordon look like? Well, so before uh, the end times and the world <laughs> sort of crumbled around us. Besides improv, I was also very involved with sketch comedy, primarily at UCB, but other places as well. Um, And again, part of the reason I like sketch comedy so much is I like a collaborative environment. I do and can write alone, but I like have learned I strongly prefer working in a collaborative environment. Um, And so sketch comedy is like the perfect marriage of that. Um, I don't love writing sketch by myself. I don't think I'm great at it. I think I'm really good at like bringing in premise and bringing in character. And so the fact that I was on this, I was on a team that got renewed for a second year. So for like a while, I worked with the same group of writers. And if I had an idea for a character, I could almost guess which writer would want to write up the pitch. And so I start to try and like 
you know, make it like more specific to them. Or I'd even like in the room be like, I'd love to collaborate on Laura with this one. Yeah. Which is well, great. I mean, I just love that experience. Like that is kind of how it works at SNL, I kind of think. But I also kind of think it only works that way if you're like one of the high profile <laughs> cast members. <laughs> like, you're, you're, the, you're the Kate, Mc, Kate McKinnon of UCB. Exactly. But, but... I got that experience of being like, I've already been on SNL for seven years. And like, yeah. I've, you know, I'm not obviously at that like <laughs> level of clout. But it's like, that is such a great relationship. And again, I still very often pitched characters that were totally crazy and like completely away from my personality. Um, Cause I think that that's like part of the fun is that again, if you say it's true, it's true. And that's part of what is so fun about stage sketch comedy versus um, screen. Yeah. Because like filmed sketch comedy, what you see is true. And so um, the makeup has to be on point, the costuming, the casting, the uh, every, you know what I mean? Like the ever, if you see it, it is true. And so if it looks fake or it doesn't look like it hits the right genre, the eye, the eye because we're trained to like watch movies, immediately goes, that's not real. And, and, that, it takes you and then they can, they, can, they can typecast you at that time. So that's why it's, it's better to do a, sta a stage sketch or improv. And, and having spoken with Al Allie Gordon, and, and I'll leave you with this, I, I can honestly say that I predicted that the second best podcast, which is second best D&D, &D, uh, would have outlasted UCB. <laughs> I could have predicted it. It came true. That. We literally like, so I'm very thankful to have this because we didn't make it because of the pandemic. We've been making it for years, but it is the only comedy venture that I have right now that is still continuing and can still continue without question. And so it's like, what a immense blessing. And I don't even mean that from like a, like a brand way of like, oh, thank God I'm not, you know, completely nobody. I'm still building my brand. I really mean just like, thank God I have an outlet yes. for like this love and this enthusiasm. And like, I don't know when the next time is I will get on stage and perform improv again, which is very scary. I've never said that in my life before. Like I have no idea when I will perform live again. Uh, and I do know when I will like record again, second best. Yes. And it's like, you know, it's really, we are very fortunate. Well, I can't. I'm so glad that you guys have an outlet because that means that I can I can finally pick up D and D. And Allie Gordon was the one to take me through it, like my own dungeon master Sherpa. Allie ah. Gordon, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, thank you so much.